Todd and Rob in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. Hey, afternoon With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, I think Hanukkah's already passed, but uh, how are you, Rob? I'm doing terrific, Todd. How are you? Uh, so it's amazing how fast the holidays are coming around on us. Oh, it's been like, yeah. It's been crazy. And I, you know, I've just been as busy as I've ever been. And matter of fact, just before we started the show, I was telling you about some major moves going on. Yeah. Geek News Central, new media show, the Gadget yeah. Professor, ProGear.Guru. All my sites are moving <laughs> to a new infrastructure. And Geek News Central is a bear to move. It is a monster. Uh, it's been around a long time. There's, so, there right. is there is subdirectories of stuff that uh, I, I actually hired someone to help do the migration. <laughs> and mm -hmm. they're like, holy cow, we've never seen this much stuff on a site. And I'm like, uh, I think 22 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was just time this to do a server upgrade, PHP upgrade. I mean, yeah, PHP upgrade, everything. So uh, it, it's going uh, to a new box, I guess. That's mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. And uh, lowering my cost considerably. Oh, well, that's great news. Yeah, right. and I took some of my old sub-sites and I dumped them onto, because I got a whole bunch of stuff that's just kind of like lingering, but I don't want to kill. Dump those on the GoDaddy shared hosting accounts, put them over there. But uh, GNC, New Media Show, uh, the Gadget Professor, the, you know, basically everything that's on the top of the header at Geekness Central, those sites need um, a little more horsepower, per mm. se. So uh, we're going to a, I don't know, 16 core machine or something like that with oh, 64 okay. gigs of RAM and all kinds of new caching technology and who the hell knows. Uh, all I know is, um, yeah. The latest and greatest. Yeah. And I lower right. my bill by about 2000 a year. Oh, okay. So oh. yeah. So that's a couple, couple more thousand you can put in your pocket, maybe. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I've been wanting to do this for a while, but it just seems like around Christmas holidays, a little more extra time to work on stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to get everything on brand new infrastructure, the latest and greatest operating system, you know, and all that. And, uh, not to say that it's going to run any faster. I don't think that's going to be the case, but, um, yeah. Anyway. Well, it might. It might. might. I mean, yeah, it does might. it uh, spin up instances uh, of resources that will make things a little quicker? Yeah, it does. And if there's like, if it's got some sort of boosting technology, all of a sudden, if it needs more load, it'll add it dynamically. And yeah, I mean, you pay for that. But, you, you do. Right? But in, in the end, it is, you know, because sometimes it's just sitting there, you know, puddling away. But the website still between all of them. Yeah, it gets about 200,000 hits a day. And in the scheme of things, that's a lot of regular web traffic, you know? Yeah. And a lot of websites, you know, they might get 300 hits a day. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that was in the consultation with the migration vendor. I'm like, listen, this, you see the web traffic and, you know, this has got, this has got to continue to be a machine, right? <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I might end up pulling my hair out and I don't know. Time will tell. But uh, that's, that's what's ongoing at the moment. They, I think they're even in the box right now pulling stuff out. So not that it matters. It doesn't affect anything we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, it's, that's all good to start the new year with uh, new infrastructure. Yeah, and it's been, a good thing. it's been a long time. Actually, this is the first major, I think the first major move in about five or six years. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's like most people don't hold their cars that long, let alone, but you know, the PHP version I was on could not be upgraded based upon the server version I was on and yeah. it just wouldn't go there. So I, ah, oh, shit. And to be honest with you, this is more of a managed platform that I'm going to be on now. I was running my own dedicated server. I'm kind of tired of getting in there and doing this, mm-hmm. you know, because I had a whole cheat sheet of SHH you know, tricks and things because I didn't right. remember, oh, how do I, you know, press down a hundred times in the command letter to, to get to the point where, oh, there's the reboot command and, you know, there's how to restart Apache and, oh, there's how to to restart uh, the NGINX and, you know, all the other crazy stuff. And I'm like, forget it. Let's just, I'll let some other young kid, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can yell at him in a moment's notice and say, hey, the server's down. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting week in the podcasting space. I have to, there's lots of, I don't know if you've had time to see a lot of the I just been talk watching. about uh, stuff on X um, that was talked about this last two yeah, I've just so. been watching, you know, the news and, you know, I really haven't, they're really, it's not been that crazy if you all no, if you think just, about it. it just a constant bubble of things that are going on out there that people are interested as they look at, you know, what's coming in what, 2024. What were you That's talking the about? Thing. The Alex Jones thing on X or what were oh, you in reference? Well, what, no. what, what were you referring no, would, to on X? Well, I mean, I think we can certainly talk about that a little bit, but it's also um, what um, Tom Webster did. Uh, you know, he put on that. Oh that, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, webinar that he put on talking about his recent research about the the kind of you know the data that he's seeing is showing that podcasting between audio and video is kind of like a unified audience is what I thought was an interesting takeaway. It's not so much like there's different listeners um, or, or or viewers. It's the same. Um, they just bounce back and forth between consuming podcasts on audio and then consuming podcasts that they like on video if they're available on video and that's what his research is showing so you know it's just it's curious though i wonder what the time commitment and and did they go into that the time commitment people are given to video because to be honest with you i I don't know that he covered that you know i i have a lot fewer hours in the day to watch than i do to listen yeah. So no, I don't think he's arguing that point. I think it's more to do with that that the research is showing that a a podcast consumer is kind of, you know, capable of 
you know, holding two things at once. Right. Mm. And that would be sometimes watching the video and sometimes watching the audio. And you're exactly right, Todd. I think that the research did show to some degree that audio was consumed more, uh, because there's more opportunities to consume audio, right. Than there is on the video side. And that, that plays in exactly what you just said. So should yeah. we start wearing big muffy headphones on the show? Because, no. <laughs> you know, the thing that cracks me up is like, I watched this week in particular some quote unquote shows on mm -hmm. YouTube that have a microphone and big muffy. I guess. Right. Yeah. But most of them were wearing big muffy head headsets. Yeah. I'm and, not a big fan of that. But that's and, okay. you know, and I'm thinking, why? Why are you wearing those big muffy headsets? And I, I really came to a conclusion. There was one show where they have, three or four guests that are different every episode. So they're bringing them in and they don't have earbuds. So they right. just reuse, you know, the headphones kind of like we do at CES, but it doesn't make any sense to me why the host who are there every day or every other day or once a week, whatever they do in report, why are they not on earbuds? And well, well, it even goes beyond that, Todd. To some degree, a lot of these are done in person in the studio with your guest sitting right there. Right. There's there's really not a lot of reason to have any headphones on at all because well, it's not like you're doing a virtual interview. But I've been in radio stations before where... Yeah, but that's different though. Right? I don't um, think so because you still yeah. have this inane need to want to hear yourself. Mm. And just taking your earbuds out it's not the same experience. I, 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 I understand the need for the feedback loop. I, I really do. You know, um, number okay. one, I mean, I think that's just a, that's just a conditioning that we've had because my preference to do any in-person interviews is to not wear anything. So um, when you were doing interviews back in your radio days, you didn't have, but how did you know, to me, it, it I'm clued in when I'm off mic or. The only time that I ever wore headphones when I was doing live radio was so I could hear my producer who was running the board or, or I could hear the callers that I had, but I didn't need to have headphones to hear hmm. the, the, the people that were in the studio with me producing. The well, audio. I guess maybe it's just because when I go to events like CES, it's, it's God loud in the hall anyway. So we have a hard enough time hearing each yeah. other. No, I think there's that's a lot a of background noise. So it's a different yeah, I think use case. There's, there's use cases that that would be the case, but I'm just not sure if you're doing video and you're doing audio and you have a, a person sitting right across the table from you yeah, yeah, yeah. on a microphone, why you have, why are both of you wearing headphones? It, it just doesn't, I mean, I think it gets in the way potentially. And I, it's just something that you for, for me for for me though what I always found is when you're interviewing a lot of different people and you know we were right. literally on ten minute points at CES and you have s supposed media personalities I can't tell you the number of times I was looking down and the person started talking about something and I had to reach over and adjust their microphone because they weren't they weren't paying attention. They were just talking and kind yeah. of off. And well, the, yeah, the, certainly that is a possibility there too. It, 
it's a way to monitor the, the quality of the audio yeah. that you're capturing. Um, and there are situations and this gets back into the production, but where, where you're going to play a clip from something in the middle of the interview, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that the, the, your guest needs to be able to, oh, that's true too. well, yeah. So if there's additional content, I'm just talking about just a conversation where you're sitting yeah, on yeah, a yeah. couch and you're across from someone and you're not going to be playing any other content. Um, the, these big headphones is kind of yep. it, just a habit that people have gotten into. And it's, well, I think it t- takes away from the video experience. Well, you know, then that's the Robin Todd consulting company here. Hey, by the well, way, it's like us here. I mean, we're right. not wearing big headphones. We're, no, we're, we're, we're using in the ear yep. head, headphones. So I can hear what you're saying. This right. is a virtual show and yep. we're not in person. So, you know, I have to be able to hear you. Mm-hmm. So, and what's the compromise there is just get these over the ear headphones. Right. Um, right. And, and that eliminates the whole problem. That's what they should all be doing actually. And a lot of the bigger, bigger shows um, do that. You know, um, I, it, it is, a. well, anyway, it's just some observations I made. No, it is. And I was, no, I, I was just yeah. keep. I've been thinking a lot about it too, over the last, you know, especially as we move into this new era of video, I mean, is it like a badge of honor to wear a big expensive headphones or something? I don't know. Maybe it's product placement. Is it a style statement? Is it, you know, what is it? It's maybe product placement too. Who knows? Well, yeah, you could certainly look at it from that. You know, because everyone's using, you know, I've got an old school Heil, you know, I got, I got one of the old ones here that uh, never sag you know and you know we've got the sure smb so you know should we be getting reimbursed from sure for using these mics i i don't know well some of the newer ones have have sure logo right on the side yeah 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 these i bought this microphone back in 2008 or nine tom saying geez you guys get off my lawn don't eat me tom webster (laughs) (laughs) oh we're not on his lawn we're just talking about the you know the the results right and i think you know, I, I think it's very interesting, you know, the conversation that happened on Twitter over the last couple of days on, on this topic of, of, you know, thinking that maybe listeners, and we've talked about this on uh, probably too much, um, how listeners are perceiving the medium in the younger generation, uh, that the younger generation is much more video centric and how they look at online content. Well, right? there's just look at TikTok. Just look at these the the popularity of reels and the popularity of of shorts and things like that. Now, video is top of mind, especially for the up and coming generation that is embracing this. Well, there is there is a little bit of initiative over at Podcasting 2.0. Yeah, it's early on what they're going to do, and so well, it's the live thing is a big well, part of it. Yeah, too. but not it, just audio. But right? what you know, the idea that's been surfaced that seems to be pretty good mm-hmm. is yeah, sure. Uh, Blueberry supports video podcasting. You want one traditionally, you can have one. Okay, if you want one. Number two, yeah. if you decide to put your video over at wherever it may be, Twitch, Twitter, Spotify, you, wherever. No. Um, YouTube, wherever you're going to put it's a place you can put it actually second in the list. Okay. Whatever. So if you want to put your video over there, you know, you can, but what we're going to do is, um, through the alternate enclosure tag, which I vowed not to support 
from the main purpose of it, but I can see a use case going forward where we just link to the YouTube video um, in the alternate closure. We just basically provide yep. a link to the episode link. So then when they're in the podcast app, they can still get their audio version or if they want the video version that's served up from YouTube, they can do that as an embed right in the app. And um, it still keeps it in a podcast app. And we just use the bandwidth for free from YouTube and uh, we can still run value for value against it. We can still do all the things in the apps that we're doing with audio. Just we're just going to use YouTube for the free, free bandwidth. So that in itself, um, if, you know, if people want to consume video on an app, they can, and that Mm -hmm. will support that in the new podcasting app. So, how well yeah, I think that's terrific. But the problem is, and here's the challenge, is unlike an audio file where you can set a marker. So if you're listening to audio and you stop, mm-hmm. you can come back and pick it up. With the putting in video embedded that way, um, there's no way to set a marker. So if you leave it and come back, it'll oh, it's going to start you from start the you from the beginning. There's no way to scrub it to this. At least they haven't figured that out yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably what we'll do at Blueberry is, you know, from, we will allow you to link, not necessarily to a media file, but we'll allow you to link to, and we'll just make it a feature called, you know, video channel or something like that. If you have a, a video episode somewhere, we'll let you put the link to the video episode so that the, the podcasting 2.0 apps can pick it up and at least display it if the listener wants to switch between and and we still maintain the purpose of trying to keep listeners in the app now they still might go over to those other sites but if we can give them both experiences and folks like me and us that have a true video podcast then we can we can still be people can watch along and stop and come Mm -hmm. back and pick the show back up where they left off because the media is being served. So, yeah. Todd, do you think that there's an opportunity for that alternative enclosure tag to have a HLS stream? Link no, that's what we're not, talking about. Yeah. It'll, okay, not, not specifically just YouTube. Well, have its own, it, its own. You'll put the link to the episode and then there'll probably be some magic that'll happen behind the scenes where we pick, pick up the HSL, H, HLS link. So right, because yeah. Because the listener might be a way of bridging this bandwidth kind of because the podcaster isn't going to know what the HLS link is. We're going to have to figure that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I mean, the content creator isn't going to know. Because up till now, it's it's been delivered just like an MP3 file. If you're using um, true video podcasts in RSS and it's downloaded the whole media file, but if you put in there, um, an HLS streaming file, it's going to stream it as much as the listener right, or right. viewer wants to see. But, and it's not going to use all the bandwidth to download but, well, that gigabyte file. But again, right. it won't set a marker because you're serving via HLS. There's no way to set a marker how far you're in. That's the, the problem. The listening app? That's what they're trying to do, but they haven't figured right. out a way around it yet. Especially when media serve from YouTube. There's no way to set the spot. Right. So would this HLS stream potentially be, have to come off of a podcast host platform is what I'm Oh, really no, to we're say. not going to do that. Why would I do that? 
Well, then where's the HLS stream? Coming from YouTube. Okay, but wouldn't that need to display the YouTube player app? It's going to display the player embed that's, of some sort. That's Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's not a true link no, to the HL, no, HLS no, stream. No, no, no. There might be some workarounds, but it'd be just like having... And YouTube has explanations on how to embed YouTube video and app. So that's what's going to happen. But it is possible, potentially, technically, it's possible for a podcast hosting platform but to wh- create an H- why would HLS we, stream. But why would we do that? But it's it's same cost just to have that media file as a media file. I would not well, create an HLS stream. Well, that might actually say bandwidth. But the problem uh, is, is you're still, that's an on-demand. You got to run up a whole bunch of resources. It's not going to save money in the long run. Okay. I would think it would save bandwidth potentially. Well, again, if you're having to re-scrub through the content again anyway, you're not. Because again, if there's not a way to set a marker, again, they'll figure, the app folks will figure it out. I don't have to figure it out. All I got to do is provide the way for someone to put in an alternate link to the video media in there. Right, I'm just trying to give the, think about ways that the podcaster has options um, that are not YouTube. So, well, again, then that media still has to be uploaded and served from somewhere has to be converted. It's that's kind of my point is yeah. where, I mean, is could that be done through, through another video host platform or yeah, potentially could be, you know, so, like a Vimeo or something like that. Could well, you know, talk about that. Let's talk about Vimeo for a second. Yeah. We've been streaming this show on live stream for a long, well, long time. Or live stream, or it could link off of like a StreamYard. Well, servers. it's actually live stream is the company, the old live stream company. Remember that yeah. company? Mm-hmm. And I've been yeah. using a little hardware box to do that all this time mm-hmm. because live stream did not support RTMP and being able to send a video stream to it. Right. Well, Vimeo is raising the prices considerably about double. Oh, they're, there. they're killing live stream as a product. Live stream is going away. If mm. you still have a live stream studio, which I have one right here on a stick, if you still have one of these. And this is the actual, the authentication software to allow me to run the software. It's a dongle. It's a dongle, yeah. So you'll be able to use the live stream studio software continued, and you'll be able to RTMP into Vimeo or wherever else you want the media to go to. But the Mm -hmm. live stream product itself is being done away with uh, as of 2025. So my subscription, which I pay about 500 a year, to stream into live stream and get distribution on the live stream channel, which we have a number of folks that watch it there versus watching it on YouTube or somewhere else. So by the way, if you're watching on live stream, you got to move, you got to move because we're going to start shifting people away from live stream in early 2024, just because they're canceling the service. And whenever my renewal date is up, I'm done. And I'm not going to go back and pay Vimeo $900 a year to live stream on Vimeo and I can live stream free on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook Live, and YouTube. Why would I, why would I pay Vimeo for a public product? Yeah. So. Right. So anyway, th- this is going to be an ongoing conversation, I-, I think, around this, this kind of, I don't know if it's a shift 
dramatically and uh, it's, like not, a, it's not a shift. It's shifted in the last two weeks or something no, like that. I, no. I just think that the the shift has been happening for a long time. And this but, but again, it's a very small number. We need to we need to put some some brakes on. Why? There's less than one half of one percent. Uh, but Todd, why why are we needing to put brakes it's, on? It, we put we need to quit pump. We need to quit. Viewers we need to seeing. quit pumping it up. There's very few people on podcasting site that has actually switched to video. It's not that big a numbers. It's not. Well, it's not well, that many as compared to audio folks. We don't have to tell them to stop, but we need to quit hyping it as this new fucking frontier that everyone is got to be on. It's not true. I would say less than 5%, less than maybe less than 3% of podcasters currently are doing any video. So we need to, we need to remember that this is a people that are doing video is a very, very small percentage. Daniel Lewis just did a study of active shows that are on Apple podcasts and less than one half of 1% are actually doing video podcasts on Apple podcasts. Whatever that number is of active podcasters that are doing podcasts on YouTube, again, I don't think that number makes up more than three or four percent. You're still primarily dominated by audio. The shows that are doing well over there on doing video are massive shows. This is not a massive show on YouTube. This is a tiny show. We get 30, 40 views on YouTube. So Todd, he, I think that the bigger, bigger question here is um it's easy for us to just kind of have this historical perspective on it. Um, I, I'm not, and, I'm not saying historical. I'm saying practical. Everyone's well, hyping video, but very few podcasters are doing video. It's not about okay, being but, practical. Okay. But Todd, is this about, you know, leading or being at the cutting edge or being, being, we've been doing, people, people have been able to do video for a long, long time. What? I mean, this, this research that Tom did said 86% of those who watch video podcasts also listen to audio. That's great. Too. But they're listening. Those 86% are listening to the top 200 shows. They're not listening to the other shows. Okay. Well, Todd, the, I think, I think, you know, we, we, we have to be speaking to people's perceptions, not. Well, the, the perceptions. The, okay. The, okay. So right. here's. Here's the, it's not about a perception. It's about fact. Mm. Uh, go ahead, okay. go ahead, fire up and do video on YouTube. Go ahead. I, I encourage you to go. If you're a podcaster. I'm not, I'm not advocating one <laughs> way or the other here, Todd. I'm just trying to look at the market inclusively to what the listeners are looking at the market so, as. So this and you, content you, creator needs to decide you, for themselves. You guys are missing my point. What, Beauty what Bubble they said, want to do. Right. Todd, truly industry is changing based on the presence of listeners. Okay, great. But everyone thinks all the listeners and viewers are all on YouTube. No, I don't necessarily think that that's, that's <laughs> true, Todd. I, that's not the perception that I'm getting from the research. I mean, I mean, if you, I, I don't it, know if you, it, we've if been you doing through this, we've th been this doing, but we've Tom been doing, but well, all I'm saying is, Okay, great. People want to watch podcasts. So go ahead, create a video podcast. And then right. that's all I'm saying, Todd. So I'm if not you if that, you want to everybody has to go out and create a a a video 
and a video podcast. What, what, what I'm saying is what we need to recognize is that this is a unified audience that is oh, consuming I have no, I audio have, and video. I have and, no doubt, right? but we need, to, we need to set expectations realistically for the average podcaster on what's going to happen when they go invest and do a whole bunch of work on video. Very few creator has to, has to figure that out for themselves. But we need to, okay. If I'm sitting here and saying video podcasting is the next biggest thing, and this is where you need to invest your money. I'm doing a disservice to podcasters. Well, Todd, I have to set an expectation level of what's going to happen when you do video. If you're going to do why video, do you have to set um, a low expectation for what somebody might experience. Because with, that's with, what's going to happen video. to 99% of people. Okay. But I don't think that we always have to be talking to the 99%. I think um, as an industry, we need to look at where the market trends are pushing. Okay. Us. Okay. But where is podcasters seeing growth? Where are they seeing growth? In audio. This is where we're seeing continued growth. If they're going to get growth on YouTube, great. It's extra value added audience. But it is not going to cause you to break out. It, it, it very well could, Todd. I think you're, you're kind of missing the point. To I, some degree I, okay, great. Con, show, con, content can be created in a lot of different show formats, me. a lot of different ways. Okay. And some of it will gravitate more towards video. Some of it will gravitate more towards a combo of audio and video. But the majority of people are not going to have the money to build a studio, to build, build a background, to build something intriguing to do on YouTube. Hey, why do we have to speak to the lowest common denominator? We're not. Yeah, we are. We're talking about reality. I mean, you just said 99%. Yeah. That I'm is gonna, the, I'm going to say that that's the lowest level. I'm saying that I'm content creator, okay. Right? All I'm saying is that if we keep hyping video, all right, I'm going to, let's start hyping video every day. You have to do video. Then someone about a year from now is going to say, Todd and Rob, why did you tell me to do video? I've had no success on video, but I've I had great success with my audio program. I didn't tell anybody to do video. Okay. Todd. Well, it sounds this, like you are. Well, this research is showing that for a segment of very big shows. Okay. But if you look at these overall numbers that taught that, uh, Tom shared uh, that listening to very big shows, what, where is the distribution amongst smaller shows on YouTube? It's not there. Uh, People are not, I don't know that you have any numbers on that. Todd. Well, I just There's use no way for you to have, okay, to have let's, those exact I, numbers. I'm just using my show as an example. Well, but I'm not sure that's a good example. We're, Why not? We're meta about this medium and the content that does well over on YouTube is not necessarily shows talking about podcasting. I do a tech show, not talk about that, podcasting Todd, at all. Even, even a tech show is pretty, if you saw the content that's being produced in on YouTube and in podcasting now, tech is very low on the list. In certain so, circles, but yet tech is in high no, demand for advertising. <laughs> well, that's a different conversation. So it's, it's more to do, you know, like comedy, health, all, all these other topics of which we don't do. So right, right, right. I don't think we're a good example of what's, what's well, happening. I'm just, I'm just, my only caution 
This is the only thing I'll say about this. Right. If you're going to do video and do the expense to do video and the time to do video, make sure you set your expectations accordingly. And you're going to have to have two strategies. Yeah, but Todd, I I don't think that we should be encouraging people to go into something um, with a fail attitude. So, Well, I'm just, okay, sorry to be a negative Nancy. Well, that's kind of how it's coming across. Well, good, because guess what? I want people to have a realization that it's a tough haul. If you're going to go okay, into, well, if you're going to, if you're going to have that conversation, I'm okay, okay with that conversation. If you're, it's not okay, easy. So, okay. So Nothing it, about this is easy. I'm not so saying So if you're going to go into pod, if you're going to create a audio, excuse me, got right. myself turned around here. If you're going to do a video show on YouTube mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I r- refuse to call anything other than that. If you're going to have a video show on YouTube, then guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to have a video show strategy on YouTube, and you're going to have to have an audio podcast strategy for the rest of your distribution. And if you do video, if you do video, you have to be very, very careful that you will not alienate your current audio audience because they cannot see what you're talking about. Okay. I think those are all <laughs> reasonable things to share. You know, I think it helps uh, content creators understand what the expectations are of their audience. Well, and that's key to it, what this research it, is talking it, about. Anyone that thinks doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's all of a sudden, well, you know, here's what I keep hearing. I'm going to go do a video because I'm have a bigger chance of being successful on YouTube than I will on podcasts. I've heard that about a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good luck with that. Yeah, Todd, I just don't think that we want to be reflective of a of an attitude that it, it is not looking towards the future of what this medium is doing, because this medium has always been built on innovation, trying new things, um, pushing the envelope, and not just holding on to what we've well, always done. I'm not done. trying to hold on to anything. I'm just well, setting some expectations. It, Okay, but that's setting a negative expectation. Well, and, and rightly should be. No, I think okay, the right how, expectation how many, is right, to set how is many, what, what's different about these two mediums and how they need to be done okay, okay. in a way that's good for both of them. Or you need to decide as a content creator that I'm going to be primarily an audio podcaster and you know, um, and I'm going to put out video. And if that video works... Uh, um, on YouTube, that's great. If it doesn't, I'm primarily an audio podcaster, but I'm going to try and connect with audiences just like this research is showing in all their places in their lives that they might want to watch. Like I watch a lot of content on YouTube on my big screen television, my living room, right? So there's a place for this. And this is what the research pointed out too, is there's a, there's a place for consumption of this, um, this medium, and it may not be all just audio. As of 2022, there are more than 51 million YouTube channels. Okay. As of 2022. It's not that much different than podcasting, Todd. I, I think that the distribution of success. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. No, I mean, content on, on any of these platforms is a small number of shows. So there are, big, there are right? 51 million YouTube channels. And as of. I mean, it's a, it's a big, it's a big content area on, on YouTube where people that are experts on, on video, 
um, are training people just like we've done for all these years on the audio side. In the last, let me go find it. In the last, let me look at how many podcasts, not how many episodes. Let me find this. It'll take me a minute to find it. I'm just telling, just, just the thing to remember is if, if you find you, if you're finding success mm-hmm. on at audio, you are more likely to find success in video just because you have a bigger audience. Um, it certainly helps. I yeah, agree. Yeah. Because that audience, a certain percentage of that audience may prefer the video experience in, in certain parts of their lives. Well, about typically for my YouTube, not my, excuse me, I, my Apple podcast is, I think was the last I checked was like 70, 30, 70% listen to the audio 30% watch the video, but it didn't mean that they moved to YouTube. All right. So new. Uh, well, Tom's Tom's re- research came out showing that video podcasts are predominantly consumed at home. Yeah. Which I'm sure. And cause you got to be offering in, front- in offering an engaged and focused experience in contrast to the audio podcast was preferred for multitasking. Or or on the go scenario. So the, the the audio podcast portion is good for, as has always been the case, is much more kind of traveling out and about type of consumption. Okay, so the number the number of shows with new mm-hmm. episodes in the last thirty days and podcasting is three hundred thirty four thousand zero hundred thirty three hundred thirty four thousand three hundred and thirty four thousand forty seven. In the last 30 days. So you have, all I'm going to say is you have less competition to succeed in podcasting. BD Bible says, faceless videos have massive audience. And although it may take out of focus forecasting to imagine a podcaster faceless using video in the undercarriage of your work cannot be denied. I don't, why would, what do you mean faceless video? I would never watch a YouTube channel that I would not see a face on, especially in the world of AI. Yeah. You Um, know, so what potentially could happen, what potentially could happen over the next year is that there's being so much fake content being put out by AI that video will grow even more because people want to associate words coming out of someone's mouth with a real human being. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of these videos where there's nobody talking. I leave those channels. Or, I mean, it was just someone narrating. I leave those well, channels immediately. Yeah. Right. Cause those are usually pre-scripted. Yeah. Uh, pre-scripted. AI driven videos. Right. 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 I don't trust them to begin with. But sometimes they're done by, by the podcaster. It's like they've taken a, it, taken that's, the audio. Well, you can it. tell when you're listening to a podcast without any right. face right. versus just YouTube content. Which is basically what YouTube music is embracing, right? So when you add your RSS feed up there, you're basically just playing audio. Yeah. 
but it's more of a still image type of experience on that. But, but I, you know, I, I, you know, hate to be a negative Nancy, but I'm just at the point now where when someone tells me, Oh, I'm having challenges growing my show. I think I'm going to go over and do live video. I try it doesn't have to be live. It doesn't well, have to be live or video. video, you know, or video. I try to temper that expectation because there is, two, I believe it's two different strategies to produce, to have a successful YouTube channel and show versus mm -hmm. having a traditional audio podcast. I well, think it certainly can be, I mean, it certainly can be a different strategy, but there's, there's nothing. I'm, I'm not saying there's any reason why you couldn't just use the same content, but. I think it just depends on what the visual experience is versus um, how much you communicate about I, it. I think anyone that's doing video first has a harder time coming to audio than audio going to video because you're used to describing stuff in detail. As long as you don't forget that doing video, then you're probably going to be fine. But if you've done video the whole time and you want to yeah. come to audio, that's the bigger yeah. challenge. I think there's a huge opportunity for video podcasters still to become great audio podcasters. Mm -hmm. But yeah. again, they have to keep in mind that, you know, you're, you, you're, you're, you have an audio audience that's listening, not. And believe me, you know, we're going to support whatever podcasters want. Well, but, it's, it, but at the well, same time, yeah. I, I'm going to be a very, very upfront in my advice that I give to people to mm -hmm. set your expectations accordingly. Good content's good content one way or the other. One thing that I was a little bit, maybe not too much surprised from the research is that the, the preference on the part of people that are watching uh, video are preferring to see conversational and type of interview type formats in that, um, that, area. I, that I don't get. If, if I go to, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just me when I go and watch content, the last thing I want to watch and believe me, I struggled through this over the past week because I actively sought out four or five people talking. It was chaos. Most, most of it was not controlled conversations. It was just, off here or there horrible yeah. it was just not a great experience okay and so for me it was a little bit too chaotic so maybe mm -hmm. smaller numbers is something i would prefer but most of the stuff i was watching had three four five people in. oh yeah that's a lot and it was just bouncing that's a lot back. for any any piece of content to have yeah. that many people and especially um, if it's not little little uncontrolled chaos well i right. i, I you know, it was something, and they were very popular YouTube channels that were getting three, 400,000 views per episode. Yeah. And it was pure chaos. And it's just like, oh my God, I felt wrung out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not denying video is popular. I watch a lot of YouTube, but I watch different, I watch YouTube stuff that is more serialized, progressive van life folks, people are building houses, people that are self-survival, you know, stuff where there's a, I can see a progression in people's lives. It's not necessarily going seeking out 
people that are interviewing new people every day. That that type of content to me, I'd rather listen when I'm rolling down the highway. Yeah, I think we have a lot more research and digging to do into this. Um, I'll let Tom you know, do that. The, well, and and he is. I mean, he's he's definitely come out with a a strong position on this. Uh, is that the podcast listeners are audio and video consumers? Well, that's great. They've been that way since 2006. I agree with you a hundred percent. And that, that's why I'm not really that gung ho about trying to put, put the brakes on because I'm not, I'm not, right. I've never put the brakes on someone. I've just spell out reality. No. And that's what he's talking about is what listeners are seeing in the medium and but, perceiving it. Okay. But and, again, so what and we struggle with this conversation about what we tell the content creator versus what the listener is seeing. No, I, I know and what I tell the content creator. If you're going to do that, but, but <laughs> we're, we're conflating those to be the same thing. And it's not, it's not. So what the listener and viewer is seeing is something different than what we're talking about. Oftentimes, no, here what, but, but what I tell, no, no. The only thing I tell podcasters, it's a little bit of a disconnect, right? What I tell podcasters is, and it's very simple be realistic in what you're going to do. And if you're going to do video, you need to have a strategy just as well as you have an audio strategy. You in there. And I believe they are two separate strategies. You need to have a separate strategy for the video content. Okay. So you're, you're basically saying you can't create the same content and put it out on audio. No, you have to be cognizant that you're reaching both audiences. And it has to be structured such that you don't alienate one or the other. Okay. Because if you, because it's real simple and I do it mm -hmm. all the time myself, I do like this, I flip something in and it, it, yeah. it's, it's a picture of something and I'll start mm -hmm. talking about it and the audio audience like, what are you talking about? I can't see what you're talking about. We just have to tell them. You, you have to remember to do that. And when you're doing video, it's real easy to forget. Well, it's it's kind of hard too, because sometimes, and this is the power of video that, that we have to talk about too, is that video communicates more than audio does. Audio typically needs to be longer to deliver value than video yeah. does be, because there's, there's visual elements. It's audio and video, which means that you can communicate. I think you uh, can more complex topics more rapidly because I do a lot of news topics and some of it science images. Yeah. As an example, I say, okay, I'm seeing a picture of a exploding supernova, and it's a pretty fascinating picture. Link will be in the show notes. Make sure you go check yeah. the picture out. And I'll and the, I don't have to describe that to the video audience, but that's what I have to tell the audio audience as I'm going through the content or look at this horrific such and such, or here is a new picture of a new whatever. And, and I have to take time, not a lot, but enough that you don't annoy the video audience and enough that you don't annoy. So there's a fine line mm -hmm. and making sure that you remember that some people are watching and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. So if you always remain an audio first medium, 
And remember that your medium, your largest consumption block is going to be the audio content. And don't forget that you, and for, and you don't even have to remember the audio people can see because they can. So this is where my biggest disenfranchisement happened in audio is my audio audience gets pissed off because I haven't described something well enough because they weren't there to see it. And they aren't necessarily compelled to stop listening to the audio portion and go watch the video. They'll, they'll struggle through and then let me know, hey, I didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that the research is showing that people bounce back and forth in various aspects of their lives when they want to. When they when, want to. When there's when enough they reason are available to. to watch the video, they will sometimes prefer to watch the video. I think it's the same thing with this show. I think some people are loyal to the video and some people are loyal to the audio. Yeah, they're a lot but less. Some people bounce back and forth the, between the two. They're a lot less loyal to the video over here. I think we're 15% on this show that okay, watch well, the video. I, yeah. So. Yeah, I think that, but that's, but this research that Tom put together is not necessarily about, um, right. The number of views. Well, that's not what he's, he's talking, about, he's the talking audience. about here. Yeah. It's more about what the perception of how people consume this content, whatever that ratio is, is going to vary a lot between content creators. It's just that it may be possible that we're leaving audience on the table by not doing both. Is That's what his bigger conclusion was at the end of his uh, and, webinar. And here's the thing that's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more work, considerably more work to do video. Okay. So if you're going right. to add right. video as a component, then you have to set your own internal KPI onto what right. that ratio is going to be yeah. for that extra time involved. Now, if you're doing, I mean, all, if you're doing video like me, it's an extra 30 minutes. If you're going, I, mean, I can, yeah, I mean, I agree. Tom's kind of, um, final thought in his presentation here. I can, I can read it too. It says audience control and choice. The study underscores the importance of offering both audio and video options to cater to the diverse preferences of the audience, emphasizing control and choice. So, so that's so, what his conclusion was right. to the but whole study. But again, as a content creator, mm -hmm. if you are a hardcore editor and you are editing, taking two hours to edit your audio, oh shit, you're going to, you're, you're going to go mad editing video. Yeah. You are going to go absolutely crazy because Cutting audio is easy. You just cut it. You don't see the jerk of the person. You don't see the movement. So you don't see the, you know, you cut a section of video. It's very evident that you cut the video. So you're going to have to do transitions. You're, you know, so if you're a hardcore editor. But Todd, there's also a lot of examples out there of um, many, many, many rapid cuts to save time for the audience on the video side. I mean, I, I know some huge channels that do heavy, heavy editing, uh, editing on but the video time, time, time. It can be done through AI tools. I know that the descript tool has the ability again, to time, no matter what, there is going to be a huge amount of time added to your production. Unless you're a one cut one shot, like we are, where we don't cut anything out. No. Yeah. I mean, 
the descript tool can automate that is what I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying at the same time, 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 mm -hmm. time. Well, or you could do like us. Don't edit. That's right. Which I recommend at the highest level of, and, well, and to be some honest, people agree with you and some people don't, but honest that. with you, video, video can make you a better content creator. Yeah, I've always, I would say. I've always yeah. said that because you come to the table more prepared. Yeah, I think the tension really also is around how you produce your episode, right? Um, I feel this tension around trying to get this microphone, right? Um, so when I do do live video, which I'm doing now, you know, we, we haven't even talked about live yet. Um, so, you know, I want to get the mic kind of a little bit more out of my face to some degree. So I'm, I'm looking at ways of being able to record this without having a big microphone right in my face. So it's, you know, that's why I have it off to the side and things like that. Well, so get we, yourself a little lavalier. Yeah, I've got a lavalier. It's just that the audio quality is not as good as this. So well, you that's gotta, you got to pick, uh, get your wallet out for this new job and uh, whatever you're doing over there and uh, your signing bonus and sp pick you up a $2,000 lavalier that has the same audio quality as a SMB seven. Oh, I don't even know if that exists, Todd. So, Oh, they actually do. I, They're really good ones out there. I think the one I have is about $600. Oh, okay. So does it sound like this? It's a condenser. So it, sounds even oh, better it's gonna pick up everything <laughs> it'll pick up everything right <laughs> right everything you wanted to and everything you don't want actually to, it's pretty right? good yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it does a, it's the same thing that people wear on on stage for concerts and stuff so yeah i also th thought it was really interesting his his results around um advertising um between the audio and the video side on on YouTube, the listeners were, had a very negative reaction to YouTube ads. Yeah, because they're dropping um, in, if they're not paying for premium, they're right. dropping a YouTube ad in there every right. 10, 15 minutes. It could be mid-roll, beginning, end, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and that the host reads um, were actually preferred and actually enjoyed and liked. So, you know, that's a pathway with, with YouTube between the regular audio podcast um, it doesn't bode well for programmatic is what I'm trying to really summarize. Well, I think we knew we've known that and most of us are paying the 16 or $17 to have an ad free experience yeah. on YouTube. Right. But that, that's not going to block out the host read. See, no, that's the, no. that's the thing. So you're actually paying to get an ad free version but, of, of the video, but, but then you're also able to deliver post read ads. But I, because now I've watched so many YouTubers and because I can see the screen, I have a, have it down now where I know exactly how to hit the fast forward button yep. two times to get past their two minute post endorse red, where they're talking about simply green or whatever that, whatever they're advertising. Mm -hmm. and, th and those are not 60 second reads. Those are sometimes two and three minute reads. And I just bink, 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 bink. And I'm, matter of fact, I can fast forward through YouTube advertisements, host reds faster than I can. Well, because they're usually longer, right? So yeah, they're a long time. Yeah. Plus you can through YouTube, when you fast forward, you can actually visualize. Yeah. You can visualize until you can see where the, where the where, clip changes. Where it stops. Because right. they yeah. don't always incorporate them into the content. They go to a different scene and then you, oh, right. I just keep going until I get through the scene. If you're going to do a, 
a good YouTube ad host endorsed, you do it right within the content. You don't change the scene. Yeah. Yeah. They still haven't done the whole kind of um, instant skip thing. Like, like used well, to be the case with well, broadcast. Believe TV, me, like this, this thing works fantastic. Just hit fast forward a couple of times and you're through it. No, but on the old TiVos, oh. I have the, the little, you have TiVo. a TiVo still. No, I, I've got the stuffed animal. No, so. no. Okay. Do you really still have a TiVo? No, I don't. I but I say. used to click that fast forward <laughs> button all the time. The the ad skip button on my TiVo. Right. It would automatically skip through the ad. Yeah. So, so, but um, we no longer have Someone that. needs to make a YouTube remote that lets me do 30 and 60 second right. forwards. <laughs> well, like, like, like most of the podcast apps have a little skip button. Right. Yeah. But usually my phone's in my pocket and I don't have time to it's by the time i get the phone out the ads already read and and frankly that's also a reason why doing odd length host reads is the smart thing to do <laughs> right because if it's built in there with 15 second or 30 yeah, second, yeah 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 you don't want to do a 30 second host read or a 15 second host read because yeah. they can skip right through those what you want to do is a one minute well again i think you know and you're definitely the only way most podcasters are ever going to make money on YouTube, the majority of them, are they're going to have to have their own sponsors. Otherwise, they're going to yep. get sold around. They're going to get sold around the regardless. And right and in the middle. People are doing like we are. They're buying the premium and right. skipping all the ads. Right. Or, yeah, they or pay, skipping the programmatic ads. Yeah, it's worth it to, to pay the, to miss that, those interruptions. Right. Right. That's true. It's true. So, but you know, the, one of the podcasts that I listened to that I could hardly handle, I don't think I would watch them on YouTube because all those ad spots are doing every 10 minutes, you know, it, I'd have to keep my re remote control strapped to my arm. So did you see the back and forth that I had with, uh, Mr. Adam Curry? No, I did on, not. On, um, on Twitter about the, no. the, perception of podcasting and how it's maybe changing you know he he didn't like that too much so but i you know so we, we were back and forth so he he posted a tweet that he was taking me out of his will oh so uh speaking of which right. 1701 sasser mike dell can't watch youtube on most airline flights are up in the or in the up of michigan 5,000 stats from Adam Curry. I have disowned Rob. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, Adam, I, I, I'm flattered that you even had me in your will. So that's all I he can has, say. Well, he just said, I have disowned Rob. He didn't say anything taking you out of his will, but if that's the well, case. Well, he did on Twitter. So oh, he did, a, huh? I have to go look at that. I, I missed it. <laughs> what is he calling you? A traitor for selling out to a video? Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah, we, well, you know, trying to look at how, you know, it was back and forth. There were some people that kind of, kind of support. I did a chat uh, GPT four question on this. Um, and this question was, do you think this is true? The podcast name, uh, is increasingly meaning a type of online content and not a technical definition for distribution. And, uh, it came back, uh, Chat GPT came back uh, affirming that perception. Oh wow! Well, you you, you got to be smarter than the AI, Rob. You know, AI output is meant to be edited, not to be quoted. 
Oh, is that what it is? That's okay. right. Oh, by the way, here. So five days ago, Dave, jo Dave Jackson, 10,000 stats from Dave Jackson School of Podcasting. Any chance you add chapters now that Blueberry has them? Hey, Dave, I tell you what, would you like to volunteer? I'd love to have someone do chapters for the new media show. Just need someone to volunteer. So that value for value, time, talent, and treasure. We'd love some of your talent, my friend. To, if you want to be the one to come in and, and add chapters to your new media show, happy to have you do that. Um, well, well, Todd, Dave, Dave Jackson is going to join me live on my podcast tips with Rob Greenlee show on, uh, on StreamYard tomorrow night. Okay, so make sure you pitch to Dave that we're more than happy to take, uh, have him support the new media show by right. introducing chapters. Now, Geek News Central, where I actually pay someone to do this, I do have chapters for Geek News Central. No images, just the time blocks, link, and uh, title and hyperlink. I don't have time to do images. But yes, Dave, if mm -hmm. you would love, if you'd like to have Blueberry have chapters, just let me know, get your sub account set up and uh, you can come in and, uh, and do chapters for us. We'd love to have you. <laughs> so I don't know. Is it, I don't know how we would do chapters with this show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll ask chat GPT today during the uh, post-production to write a chapters file for us. I'll give it the format of the JSON and, see if it can look through our srt file and see if it can come up with chapters maybe i can do something to that effect well todd um, we should run this show through what one of those ai kind of shorts um yeah, you're more than happy to rob go ahead and create start creating shorts like, you know uh you're more than you're more with, than welcome to to produce with, shorts with clips of us debating back and forth these topics yeah so. that'd be great go ahead i, I you, you feel free feel uh, free uh, you know i know you've got you got two jobs now so what is uh, what is the story here uh i saw this announcement um what what ex i know you've been working with this company for a while so what was your what's your new title over in sound oh it's just uh it's kind of a business development role. It's just uh, help them get better connected to the podcast medium, and and because they've got some some very good APIs to uh, an AI driven backend that can do some audio enhancement and audio optimization type tooling. So if you think about like a uh, like what's going on at at a couple of the platforms, I mean even even Streamyard is doing audio optimization right type of. Um, it's it's basically cleaning up the audio, so you, you can you can record from anywhere. Is it going to sound um, like a script edited audio file? That no, 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 no. It's not getting involved in editing at all. It's more around kind of so sound levels and optimization and and kind of taking out background sounds. So how's it? How's does it do? Uh, does it do a better job than Ophonic? Hmm. Well. I haven't actually myself tested it against Alphonic to be able to make a definitive conclusion on that yet. It's a new, this is a newer platform. So, so I think we'll have to do some testing against it. Right. 5,000 stats from Adam Curry. You only have one chapter, Rob Schilling for YouTube. Uh, I'm not shilling for YouTube. 
that's not what it's all about. It kind of sounds like that. Well, okay. Uh, if it just so happens that YouTube is the number one considered consumption platform for video podcasts, uh, maybe maybe that's, it's a, it's a number one. That's, it's a number one platform for consuming video shows on YouTube. That's not what Tom Webster's research. <laughs> okay, is showing. good. Well, great. I'm so still- we must be, you know, this kind of conversation about what Tom Webster is presenting versus what the position of of Adam and yourself and so others for out those there. those that are listening. I'm smiling big. I, I'm because I'm not giving ground. You have a YouTube channel. You, uh, you have a YouTube channel. You have a YouTube show. I don't take any offense to this, Todd, because this is a, actually, if you go back to the very early days of podcasting, this is what the medium was all about. We were debating these issues. We were trying to figure them out. We were trying to do the right thing for, for podcasters. But what we are evolving into is starting to think more about what the listeners care about. Okay. And that's not necessarily we've always, what the we've podcasting always, space has always done. I've so. always lived from day one. I don't care where they listen or watch. So okay. that, that has remained the case for me from the beginning. Yeah. But right. one thing that I refuse to give up ground on is mm-hmm. making podcasters for my show, understanding that newmediashow.com is the place where this show originates. Mm-hmm. And if we say something to piss off anybody, you can still go back to newmediashow.com and find this show, audio and video of it, in an right. audio and video podcast format that no one can take away from me, that no one can own, that I, Rob and I own together. And so Todd, why, why is what we're doing here any different than anybody else? Because what's different is I have a backup. Mm -hmm. I have a backup in that this show goes out over open RSS. Okay. That's the difference. Then let's promote that. That actually came up in Tom's research too. It's just that uh, people are not as aware that uh, you can do that. Believe me, anyone that listens to this show knows this show is available via Apple Podcast. Right, right, totally. But the research numbers came up showing on the video side. Because. YouTube, Spotify, and and Apple Podcasts. There's a reason, because most podcasters are not willing to incur the expense of putting video in open RSS and... That is probably I think a the, lot of them don't even know that it's possible. I think the majority of them that look into it, mm-hmm. some of them will look and say, Oh, this is too expensive. So yeah, that's very possible. That's true. Yeah. Because right. we, we don't allow anyone to do video currently on Blueberry unless they're on a pro plan. And if you're okay. on a pro plan, but they can get a pro plan. They have right. to be on a pro, but they pay for the bandwidth. So okay. that is, so they have incurred expense. Mm-hmm. So there is well, and and Podbean also also supports video podcasting too, and so does Lipson. Right. So, so you do have those. And what's interesting about that is that those three platforms were the earliest podcast hosting platforms because there was an era when video podcasts were a big thing. Yeah. I had uh, um, uh, Loria um, on 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 my show last week. Um, you know, from there's the name I haven't heard in a while. Live, live streaming pros.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Loria Petrucci. Mm-hmm. So, so she was on, on, on my show last week and we talked about all these issues too. And she's a, obviously she's a video creator primarily, but she came out of that era in the early podcasting right, days right, when, right. 
when video podcasts to, and then prior to having Lori on my show, I had Jim Lauterbach, who was the former CEO of Revision Three, right? Um, so eventually, I'm going to get probably Leo Laporte on the on the show. At if some he's point still in business, well, I think he is. Right? Yeah. Well, they had to getting, tighten. They had to tighten their belt over there quite a bit. Well, they're not the only one that's had to tighten their belt in this medium right now. Well, you know, and again, so going back to the adage, we don't have to join them, but we can fight them. And how we can fight them effectively. Fight who? Fight YouTube. How Why can, do we have to fight Well, YouTube? we don't have to fight them. We can, we can use them and use their bandwidth. Right. And the video experience in a podcasting app and promote a podcasting app as the primary way to listen or watch a podcast. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, we, we win regardless because we'll be able to expand the people that are listening to audio podcasts because they didn't know the content was there and we give mm -hmm. people the ability to watch. So right. instead of saying this is much better as a podcaster, can you imagine saying, hey, you go over to uh, podcastapps.com, grab one of the apps. If you'd like to watch, you can watch. If you'd like to listen, you can listen on the app and consume the show whichever way you desire. You don't have to promote YT. You promote the app so that they have the experience and able to participate in the modern podcasting world and be able to get this perception make to understand that you know bring it back to the apps mm -hmm. if you bring it back to the apps then people say oh yeah i i watched the new media show on uh fountain oh yeah i watched the new media show on podverse uh yep. you know i watched the new media show on castamatic they don't have to care how it's being served to them just knowing that they can watch or listen to the podcast mm -hmm. on a podcast app. And then you have the quote unquote YTers who have a show over there. And when people say, Hey, I couldn't find your podcast on this podcast app. How come you're not over there? Well, come over to YouTube. Well, I watch my podcast on this app. Yeah, that would be terrific. Let's, Let's make that happen. Yeah. I think if you, if we can do that, then it's yeah. a win-win for podcasters and you keep, you serve both, you serve both communities of listeners and viewers and able to get them to, right. you know, then yeah. you, then you keep, then what, what have you done is if, quote unquote, you become deplatformed on one of these other platforms, then you just have to find a new platform or start a new channel. Yeah. Uh, so I just saw a, a, a tweet from someone from the community, Mr. Kevin Finn from, from Busprout. He made a comment on, on the thread that's been running between James Cridlin, myself, uh, Daniel J. Lewis, Adam Curry, all those on this very topic here. <laughs> and Kevin writes, um, we'll win when all the big tech platforms give up on podcasting <laughs> and move on. Nothing worth debating. Just hold tight. <laughs> it's true. 
It's true. Well, there is a little bit of truth to this. I remember <laughs> back in 2008, nine, uh, probably seven, eight, nine, in that time frame, when a lot of the big media companies gave up on podcasting. They basically just eliminated all their podcasts and they said, sorry, we're not going to do it anymore. The, it was just a few years later, they all got back in again, right? So um, the, the only bad part is you're still going to be subjected to advertising when you're watching in those well, those apps. Yeah, what's funny about Kevin's comment here is is that it's an interesting juxtaposition to this argument against YouTube, right? Is that we have um, proprietary platforms have always been dominant in podcasting. Um, look at Apple. Apple's a proprietary platform. Uh, Spotify has always been a, is a proprietary platform, but yet the industry embraces that. Now, granted, it's built on the back of an open RSS standard, but still, you know, we are beholden, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, to these big tech platforms for our success or not. So if we were to lose support of all these people, what do you think would happen to podcasting? I think people will still seek out podcasts okay. But again, you have It'll to be have, like 2004 again, right? Well, you know, again, Apple's not going anywhere soon. I know I get that, but I'm just and, saying the, the issue that Kevin raises here is basically a rollback of, of all of the distribution progress that we've made. Again, we don't care where they listen. Let's make sure they listen or watch in a podcasting app. How about that as a new saying? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in favor of that. It's just a matter of, you know, where are all the users? Where are all the eyeballs or all the ears? Well, again, more eyeballs now. Someone that's watching this now on the platform that shall not be named, which we've been naming, as they're watching this right now, they're saying, Todd, you know, I, I can watch you on, uh, right. on Podverse. Right. Um, or in uh, Fountain or, or in any Fount of these other it's, apps. And not right. all those apps are supporting video yet. But again, no, no, but they could. And, and if I tell them, please go watch over there versus watching on YT, um, and you can switch seamlessly between audio and video. Yeah. And you can take me on the go and listen to the audio when you have no connectivity, right. which I still struggle with. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think if it's, you know, the video stuff's not going anywhere. We know that. I've known that no. for 10 years. No, and it's a generational thing that's happening now too, right? It's the younger generation is all into video. But now, we as. Short or long form. But we right. as content creators, AKA podcasters. Well, and who's our audience? I mean, what's our audience demo, right? Yeah, our That's audience That's the other podcasts. part of this too, right? So, but, I mean, if we're catering to a younger audience, we probably need to think more about but, video. If we're catering it, to an older audience, it may not be as important. Well, but at the same time, hopefully enough people are listening to this show to mm -hmm. say, yeah, maybe I should be promoting apps, specific apps that I can get behind that are helping to expand right. the podcasting space and hopefully that will grow. You know, are we going to get 400,000 shows tomorrow? No, to support these new apps because most of these new apps, um, most of the hosting platforms are not supporting them. Well, Libsyn's not supporting. Yeah. Libsyn's not supporting. Podbean's right. not supporting. 
Spotify, it'll be a cold day in hell before they support. So, you know, this is where, you know, companies like mine have come in and created Podcast Mirror to give people an alternative, another place to participate and not have to move hosts. Um, you know, if you're beholden and love your host so bad that you're willing to be left behind and not go to Buzzsprout or go to RSS Blue or go to RSS.com or go to Blueberry, one of the participating podcasting 2.0 platforms. Yeah. If you're willing to left, be left behind, then at least consider Podcast Mirror so you can at least get your foot in the door and experiment without having to be beholden and kissing the butt of your podcast host that's not advancing. Right. So, and again, I'm doing this to try to shame other podcast hosts into getting on the bandwagon here and supporting these advancements. Yeah, we're still got two years of flying to do this, but I'm taking your customers right now because they're coming to me and moving because they want these features. I think it's a difficult time for a lot of the hosting platforms right now. Um, just because, you know, it, it takes a lot of resources to do a bunch of development, right? If you are, you have to set your priorities. Right. And every, every two weeks I sit down with my oversight team. We look at our roadmap. Is there something that's come up that I need to interject? And sometimes there is, and very rarely do I want to interrupt the flow, but all of a sudden there's enough stuff that's moved in the space. That I say, okay, this has got to move up mm -hmm. so that we can support that because it's not like chasing lures. But at the same time, okay, the landscape's changing. How do I stay competitive? And, you know, I've, I've got solutions coming for video podcasters that are outside of what we already provide. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not going to go into what we're going to do, but, you know, I'm not stupid um, in that regards. But I'm also going to be making sure that we try to educate the podcasters that work with us to say, okay, here's... Mm -hmm. a potential future it's up to them they they may still be beholden to spotify you know they might be kissing spotify's butt but yeah. now more often than not i'm getting shows can't two today two shows deplatformed off spotify today alone two oh you mean taken down taken down yeah taken for, down for what reason do we know i won't go into it but two shows taken down on Spotify. No, but I mean, a real high-level view. Was it from content violation or was it topic violation? Both. Both. Okay. So then this customer comes to me, why, why am I been removed from Spotify? Don't know. Right. This is what they've said. By the way, you're still safe. You're still on open. You're still on open podcasting. Your show's still online. But the 15% of your audience that you were built over there has now just had a had a extinction event. So it's not happening in the hundreds. It's happening in onesie twosies a week, but enough people have that happen to them and they start talking about it with their peers and on their podcasts. People might not be as beholden to some of these closed platforms and might understand the value of what the heck we keep talking about here. Right now at the same time, it, it all goes back to, making sure that your audience knows where your show lives so that if something does happen, God forbid, they know where to come find you so they can pick you up in a different venue. 
Right. Um, and people now start complaining to me. Oh, I heard three ads run around around my podcast. One's competing with my host endorsed sponsor. Well, you have no choice to, to, for you to be on their platform. That's the price to be on their platform. And that's going to be the same for people that are on YouTube. Same people are going to be on Spotify. They're going to have to accept ads around their content that guess what? They don't like, but why? Because they have to pay a bill. They, ha they just laid off what? 15% of their workforce. They got to make money and they're going to make money around your content and you're not going to get a dime. So whose butt should podcasters be kissing? They need to take care of their audience. Yeah. I, they need to make sure their audience is listening in a place where they're respected. And yeah. I don't believe in all honesty that for, if you weren't paying for premium, do this, Rob, cut your premium subscription and start listening to podcasts on YouTube and tell me how much, just like they found in the study. What's, what's the, how's the experience? It's going to suck. Double. Well, that's, that, that's what the research right, evaluated. Right. right. It's going to suck. Right. Well, it's, it, it's mainly because of the ads and how random yeah. they are, but there is tools in the YouTube platform for you to have greater control over where those ad placements go. It's just that a lot of creators don't go in and set up the tools. If properly. you're monetized, those tools are not available to shows. If you're that monetized, are, correct. The shows, if you're not monetized, they just drop it wherever they think they should drop it. Right. Of course. And that's going to be 90, probably 94% of all shows on YouTube are not going to make a dime and you're going to have a disruptive uh, experience over there. So what do you, what are you worried about your audience having a good experience? If you are, you educate them during your show. This is where you go to have an ad free experience. If you have no ads in your show. Thought I also heard that from, um, from a really big kind of kind of YouTube creator um, who's pro podcasting as well. I mean, he shared an interesting perspective on this and maybe I've mentioned it in the past here on this show, but one of the reasons to submit your RSS feed to a, a YouTube type of a platform would be uh, as an archive. No. On the audio side. No guarantee. How do you get your, okay. How do you get your, how do you get your media out of YouTube? How do you download that? Let's say stuff goes sideways and your host goes out of business and you've submitted that to YouTube. How do you get your audio out? You can't download well, that media. Okay. okay. Well, there's two ways of looking at it, right? You can continue paying your hosting platform for perpetuity into, you know, even past your lifespan, right? Or you can put it up there and it will always likely be available uh, for someone to consume or for you to share with your. There's, your, there's been always your, options for people to archive their shows. In an, right. in an archive is a free place to go drop your media to make sure that your media stays on forever. The, the Wayback Machine? Is that what you're talking about? No, Internet Archive. Uh, That's the same thing. Is it the same thing? Internet Archive is the it place is the to go thing. put your media. Over there. And I don't right, know if you they, even have to create an account. Okay, but they've been under threat the last six months that they um, Do you think YouTube is going to keep all of for funding to keep the service do you, alive. Do you think YouTube is going to keep all this content on there forever? Probably longer than your hosting plan uh, would if you decide to oh, stop that's true. Making, making episodes. 
So as a reminder, the first live value for value concert with video in mm-hmm. 2.0 apps is happening, I believe, starting today at AnsleyCostello.com, A-I-N-S-L-E-Y, Costello.com. This is going to be the first live concert using value for value and podcasting 2.0 apps to monetize and be able to reward Ainsley for what she's doing in time, talent, and treasure. It's a big deal. They've been working, a whole bunch of people have been working on this. So go to Ainsley, A-I-N-S-L-E-Y, Costello.com. As a matter of fact, let me load this and see what the, uh, and it, again, these are going to be in the podcasting 2.0 apps. It's going to be streamed live. Let me bring this up. Oh, Todd, I did see a comment from uh, a poster on Twitter um, from Podtastic Audio, and um, the comment was, maybe we need a new term, podcast classic. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. No, this is this is not podcast classic. This is podcast original. So, <laughs> um, okay. again, go to the podcasting apps at podcastapps.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get involved in this. She has great music. And she's one of the folks that has realized. And th- here's the thing. Here's about diversity and podcasting. And mm-hmm. something that we need to remember. And one of the reasons why I moved off my high horse on alternate enclosure, including an HLS link, is that a podcast can be a an enclosure can contain audio, video, mm-hmm. PDF, a Word doc, almost any type of an attachment per se. It could be a. It could probably be a photograph too. You could be a photo. Yeah. So it's just that there's probably not any viewers so, that will support it. So yeah. while we say that, let's think about one step forward. Music mm-hmm. and artists like Ansley Costello mm-hmm. can put up her album. And all of her tracks and put them up in an RSS feed, just like mm-hmm. an, just like a podcast, but it's a music show. It's a, it's an album. Right. And she then can assign, and she has, I believe through Wave Lake, um, she has assigned a, basically a value for value node so that when people are playing her music with, and this is something we just introduced at Blueberry as well, something called value time splits. So if we're you, Rob, you and I are doing this show and mm-hmm. I cut to one of Ainsley's tracks, one of her pod safe music tracks, and we play it during our show, I can switch out the value block so that during the time her show is playing, I set the percentage that goes to Ainsley versus coming to us. So right mm-hmm. now our split is 50, 50. If I set the value block for Ainsley to be 90%, you and I would split the 10% that we would get of that 90% and she would get 90% during the time her track played. So this is where podcasters that are doing music shows uh, like Adam and others are doing music shows is where every time they play an album, the artists are starting to earn money from the audience that's listening to the shows that are using a new modern podcasting app. And here's the thing to think about. Mm-hmm. 
I think Ainsley said that last year she got 80 bucks. And then don't quote me on this, but I think this is the rough number. She got $80 from Spotify for a whole year of royalties. And thus far, in a value for value model, she's gotten many quadruples of that from people that are playing her music in their shows that are participating in the value. So maybe you send as an individual, like today, people have been streaming to the show. Um, as an example, uh, we've been getting 1383 sats. We've been getting five sats, 1,050 sats. Uh, 50 sats. Um, people have been sending us by the minute as they listen to the show today live. They're sending us streaming sats. So if you're participating in this and you're sending streaming sats to the people and that you're listening to, what you do is you give value back to that artist while at the same time, and this is the thing we have to not forget, we're sending a split to the podcast index. We're sending a percentage. Blueberry gets a percentage because we're providing the integration to do this. Um, you're getting 50. I'm getting 50. There's a couple other people in our value block as well that earn Satoshis when and anyone some sense to us. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the apps get a percentage as well. So when the apps are the podcasting 2.0 apps, when you're using one and you're participating in value for value, the apps are taking one, two, three percent as well. So instead of paying four ninety five a month to an app, you might, in the number of podcasts you listen to, you might send five or six dollars in a month, and just whatever value for value percentage that you have sent to other people, the app is now self sustaining. So this is the thing we have to remember yeah. about this that whole podcast. Yeah, we have to remember this about this podcasting two point stuff. It's not just helping the podcaster. Mm -hmm. it's, helping it's helping the whole ecosystem. The whole ecosystem is being helped. Right, right. And so mm -hmm. this music, so let's think about this, this concert that's going to happen. Right. What happens when we start now having audiobooks? Mm -hmm. When people are putting up one episode documentaries? There's a whole stuff, the whole ecosphere of podcasting grows besides Todd and Rob. And Geek News Central and Podcast Insider and the feed and everything else that's out there, the 400,000 shows that have put out a new episode this last month, mm -hmm. Ecosphere now can grow to other forms of media and mm -hmm. earn money. And at the same time, there's no gatekeepers. And this is a whole new ecosystem that if we embrace it and quit worrying about YT mm -hmm. and let's use their bandwidth. Sure. Let's use their bandwidth. Let's stick their video. Let's stick the video in podcast apps and use their bandwidth. And they pay the bandwidth fee instead of blueberry paying the bandwidth fee. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget that that's, there's, there's a whole ecosystem here that has a potential to change the whole discussion where People screaming about making money and not being able to support the show and grow their show. It's here. We can do that right now. Right. You know, I haven't run the numbers again and I need to run them. I should run them here at the end of the year, but blueberry podcasters have already earned collectively over $10,000. Mm -hmm. 
in this new ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's, yep. and there's no advertising. There's no, and Todd, a good example of what you're talking about is this new um, platform that Sam Sethi has been working on. Yeah, that, Sam's involved in the same thing, same model. Yeah, he actually just changed his PodFans um, name to TrueFans. Yeah. And that's to incorporate uh, a a multimedium platform, yeah. right? So That has audiobooks, has other types of so, content so, in there, not just podcasts. So what Sam's doing with a website is also moving into all these apps that are embracing mm-hmm. what we're doing here. So we're over yeah, time. You can do but, a screenshot on this or, or a screen share of Sam's site. I can bring it up. Oh, um, you can pod okay. fans. What is it now? Uh, podfans.fm. It'll probably redirect, won't it? Oh uh, yeah. I would just go in true fans. Yeah. see here. Yeah, he's he's rebranded, right? So here's one thing Sam needs to understand. Um, Sam, you got to give him above the fold, baby. Got to got to get people to understand what's going on here. When I come to your website, just like this, I'm I have no idea. You got to get some interactivity going on here. So when so people, where are you landing on there? Because that's not what I'm seeing. Uh, let me try that again. Oh, here it is. So they've got the Anzi Costello live thing right on the website. Oh, so I must've been. Yeah. Asking. And we're actually on that same landing page. We're showing up as a live show as live right now. And then Geek News Central later is next. Where are we at live right now? Are we, Oh, we're showing up on the same menu as live right now. Scroll down. Right. Yeah. It actually shows that we're finished. Oh, that's Yeah. Because we went over our time. So Sam doesn't look for the ending block. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't look for the end signal. He only looks for the, the true time. We're already over by four a minutes. A couple minutes. Yeah, that's, right. so I got to open up that gate a little bit. But, right. um, but anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. so it has all sorts of different kinds of content in here. Yeah. It's got he, audiobooks, it's got podcasts, it's got live shows, it's all sorts of stuff. So this is central. Yeah. So this is where we have to understand that we get so focused on what the big boys do. We, we, we forget that. Well, there's just so many billions of consumers of content that are on those platforms. It's, it's, it's really kind of almost impossible to ignore them, but okay. I'm not saying to ignore them, but we have an opportunity to educate them. Educate who the listener the or listener. the yeah or the listener. So if I if people are watching us on YouTube right now, you know we've talked about all this, right? And if they if they value the content that you and I produce, stop listening on YouTube. Go and pick up one of these modern podcast apps at podcastapp.com and listen to our show on those apps and support the show with value back by the minute, 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000 Satoshis a minute as we're live or when you're listening to us on demand. And what you have done is, is I'm not monetized on YouTube, but you can support the show monetarily by using one of these apps and getting involved. And if you get your show set up, we'll do the same. We'll listen to your show and stream Satoshis back to you. 
and boost you like what happened earlier in the show. This is the thing that I don't try to get on this high horse very much, but I think, you know, we look at this, oh, this big shiny thing that maybe you're going to be able to, to become monetized over there where you can be monetized right now on value for value. And yeah. probably make more money than you ever make on YouTube until you hit it big on YouTube and build a channel that can get monetized. And then you got best of both worlds. Right. I mean, I think it's an ideal world. Totally agree, Todd. It's just, how do we get there with a lot of content creators and a lot of viewers that are, you know, education, 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 education. That's a long, I mean, it's, yep. we don't have the it's budget. A, that no, it's a couple of years. Google but, has but to play this it, game. But right. if, if 10% of the people that listen to the show right. start talking about it on their shows or training their audiences on their shows, mm -hmm. then it's, it's, it's the six degrees of separation. We're going to get there, but we have to start now. Most of I the new we are, aren't we? Yeah, most I of mean, the new podcast apps are on Gen Two. They're getting much right. better. They're getting much more cleaner. You know, so you know. But the question is, what's the adoption at this point of it's small of using it's small. Right. But here's the thing, too. Right. How many emails has this show gotten in the past six months? One or two? How many boosts have we got? Today, we've got one, two, three, four, five, five boosts today, five direct messages to us while they listen to the show live. Yeah. Now, when we were off the air, we got one, two, three, four, five comments while we were off the air, people boosting when they were listening to the show when we weren't on the air. Mm -hmm. So for one show, essentially getting five from the previous show and five for this show, a boost that have come in for most podcasters that get no feedback from their audience, a single boost of a thousand sats is like, wow, someone's listening. Someone's giving me feedback. So. Again, yeah. it's it's a different mindset, and you can do video. And it is. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the typical battle of you know uh, David and Goliath, right? So well, it's not even that. It's just it, it, right now it is a education movement. We just we have to educate and make people understand over time. Over time, there can be, you know, I, what, what do I have a goal for Geek News Central? I just set a challenge on the last episode. My goal for Geek News Central, because there might be, I've seen a shift in some stuff GoDaddy has done and the way they're right. presenting deals. I have a little bit of concern. Um, so what have I said? Okay, is if this party comes to an end, then I need $3,000 a month and listener support. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. That, so the goal in 2024 is to have 1,500 listeners provide value at $2 or more. And if people want to give me a donation of $1,000, you know, that, you know, all we need is 36 of those to get 
to, to reach the, the value for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So what do I want? I want to build the value to get it at a value for value is not going to probably bring that to me in Satoshi's, but mm-hmm. through traditional uh, donations, I feel I can get 1500 listeners to give a minimum of $2 a month and hopefully more if I'm giving more value. So I've never had a dedicated time to say, okay, all right, we're, we're going to try to get to $3,000 a month in, in earnings. Now, if we get some benefactors that come in and start writing checks, that's great. Yeah. So, all right, we're really long. So yeah. we've had a lot of people on YouTube today. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, and I think most of the Facebook uh, audience has abandoned us. We've had a few people on Facebook, but <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we will. Are we going to? Yeah, I guess we can be here next week. Are you going to be around? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be around. Okay. So definitely another show. I can on do the 27th. And I can do a show on the 3rd as well. But the following week, I'll be in Las Vegas for CES. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's coming up here. So soon the too. week of January 7th, I'll be in Vegas. But other than that. Okay. Uh, geeknews at gmail.com at geeknews on x at geeknews at geeknews.chat on Mastodon. I'm just at Rob Greenley. Uh, same place I've been for a long time, all the social platforms and and even on YouTube. <laughs> so and just- then, um, yeah. So, and I do a, do a live show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific called podcast tips with Rob Greenlee and I have Dave Jackson on with me tomorrow night. So come by and check out that conversation. It's going to be live with Dave. He's always entertaining and I'm sure we'll talk about some of this topic. Um, and have as well, have right. Dave, uh, uh, give some of his time and talent to doing chapter files for us. We would be appreciative. Yeah. Well, he's also a, a firm believer in live as well. Uh, as you know, we both used to compete with each other on Saturday mornings. Um, now since we're Wednesday, we're not competing with him anymore. And him and Jim are going crazy on Saturday. So that's all good for them. I sleep in on Saturday now. (laughs) I don't get up at 5 a.m. to do the show anymore. Right. Well, you wouldn't have to do that now because I'm on, I'm in the same time zone with you now. I I like my weekends off now. (laughs) Right. I think we've gotten used to that. Yeah. All right, everybody. Anyway, um, uh, robgreenly.com. You can find me over there. If you want to send me an email, um, just robgreenly at gmail.com. So I've got all the Rob Greenleys out there. I think I'm the only Rob Greenley in the world. So oh, there okay. we go. Well, at least one as tall as you. All right, everyone. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay.